Good news. My new book is finally here. It's called Handbook for the Heartbroken, A Woman's Path from Devastation to Rebirth, and you can order it now wherever books are sold. I wrote this book after the five-year span between 2016 and 2020 when I experienced serial heartbreaks that rocked literally every area of my life, my health, relationships, money, career, social status, and even my very sense of self. And along the way, I really got to experience firsthand how dysfunctional our culture's relationship is to loss. I saw how we live in a heartbreak illiterate world that's obsessed with success and shackled with isolation and ignorant of how valuable our suffering can be for our growth and our evolution, not only as individuals, but also as a collective. So this book expands the conversation around loss beyond just breakups and bereavement, although we definitely cover those too, in order to include falls from grace of all kinds, personal, professional, and collective. So whether you're experiencing hardship now or know you have past hurts that are holding you back in certain ways and still need healing, this book is here to support you. It's also a great book to gift to clients, family members, friends, just other women in your world who are going through a challenging time. It will show you that it's only through fully turning toward your heartbreak with support, courage, and compassion that you can heal. So within the loving pages of this book, you will have full permission to fall apart and slowly, organically find your way back to greater wholeness. I'm truly excited to share this with you. It was not a joy to live this journey, but it really was a joy to write it. And you can find it again wherever books are sold and the audio version of the book is available as well. If you would like some gifts to accompany you on your heartbreak journey, you can get those at handbookfortheheartbroken.com. Those are free. Whenever you order books, you can just send in your invoice or your receipt and we'll send you those accompanying gifts. Enjoy. Hello, sisters. Welcome to She Talks, a space for you to come home to your inner wisdom, which I call your she. I'm Sarah Von Stover, and wow, I can't believe that we're over halfway through January, which also means that we're nearing the end of our seasonal series, Bubble Bath Wisdom. And to honor this and shake things up a little bit, today I want to do something a little bit differently. Instead of featuring one of my own talks, I'd like to share with you an excerpt from a conversation I had with one of my own beloved teachers named Sarah Powers. And we had this conversation as part of my She School program a few years back. I handpicked this conversation out from over two dozen other guest teacher interviews in the program because Sarah is one of my root teachers and because I think it really helps to pull together all the other bubble bath wisdom talks I've shared with you so far. So in it, we touch on themes like the inner critic, the inner child, trusting your inner guidance, and key spiritual practices we need to stay sane, not to mention to thrive as modern women. So when I first met Sarah Powers back in my early 20s, I was assisting her yoga teacher training at Kripalu, which is a really great yoga and health center in Western Massachusetts. 
And upon meeting her, I felt I had finally found a role model for a woman who's ambitious and successful, while also having a very deep practice and a nourishing home life. So you'll soon hear that Sarah's a really grounded, wise, globe-trotting yogini who also happens to be a devoted wife, mother, and author. And there's also a link to her website in the show notes if you want to learn more about her. Plus, Sarah's perspective on a woman's path to wholeness really echoes what I teach in the She School, my nine-month women's spiritual practice community, for which registration is open now, by the way, but only for another couple weeks. If you want to learn more about that, you can visit theshe-school.com. So now settle in to receive this talk and take note. In the second half, I will guide you through a 15-minute restorative yoga sequence. And I hope both spark some inner freedom by helping you to see things and experience yourself in a fresh way. Enjoy. And I'll mention that it is the practice that pulls on the tissues of the body using the floor as the main prop and then staying still for long periods, this practice we call yin yoga, that really expanded my feeling that a yoga practice can be a vehicle for integrating the different dimensions of ourselves. And it's in that portion of practice that I feel there's a a lot of emotional attention that can be given because we're not so busy moving to the next pose or maintaining our appropriate alignment principles. I mean, we want to keep it, you know, safe and take care of the fragile tissues of the body, and, and there's teachings on that in that practice. But to have permission and recommendation that we, kind of as you said in your opening, that people could do today, that we honor the the quiet regions of our nature, our practice life, and our day. That there's room to feel into life, not just to manage and move our lives forward, I think is one of the basic feminine principles that has gotten lost in a more patriarchal paradigm and can be reclaimed in both male and you know, females for the benefit of individuals and the community life. Definitely, and that's that's a great segue into the next question that I had for you. Um, Since, obviously, our audience today is all women, for you, what have you found to be the key practices that women really need today, both on and off the yoga mat and meditation cushions? These are all such provocative themes that uh, (laughs) trigger lots of different interest inside me. Uh, The the generalization of saying what what women need has so many sub-subjects in it because as women, we certainly have some commonalities uh, just in the fact that you know, within our three-pound supercomputer, like all all of uh, other humans, male and female, w- inside our brains, we do have larger you know, limbic systems 
in as females in comparison to males. So our our real I think need to honor and inhabit uh, the feeling body and trust the the signals that we feel prompted by without needing external verification of our uh, our own intuitive guidance. I think this is one of the ways that women will grow in our influence for healing on the planet is learning practices and methods that really create the inner authority, the inner place of listening and trusting rather than needing to be sanctioned from a system or from you know, a, a more conventional, and conventional I mean you know, male-focused paradigm, which tends to trust the, the way things have been done. So this ability to actually creatively revision what's appropriate moment to moment with a kind of inner compass and taproot that that kind of earthy confidence is essential. And for me, it's been the yoga path that has given me those tools. There are, of course, many different ways in. But as I mentioned, having a path that makes sure to highlight the different dimensions of our experience you know, physical, emotional, energetic, and mental and spiritual. I'm interested in a practice that really speaks to all of me rather than parts of me and separates those out. I want to feel how they all have a home and collaborate rather than compete. And for me, that's one of the, you could say, the feminine symbols is this, integrated quality of collaboration. I was speaking with um, an acting teacher recently, and he had gone into maximum security prisons and taught them different psychodynamic principles in a play form. And he was saying how interesting it was that in the male prisons, there was an immediate and quite obvious hierarchy of power in the social dynamic that the men who had committed second-degree murder were at the top of that social format where because they were the ones who actually were able to live from pure reactivity and passion the ones who committed, you know, first degree murder were at the second tier because they had had to, you know, pause and plan. Then the ones at the third tier, kind of the underlings, were the 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 rapists and thieves. And then under that, the ones who were kind of the untouchables, the scum of of the prison, were the pedophiles. And and so he had to actually cast the lead roles to the second-degree murders, and then, you know, all the way down the line, and the servants were the pedophiles. And he said it, this social hierarchy was so ingrained 
to their dynamic in how they lived before they came into prison, and so it was you know, immediately set up in prison. He said when he went into the female prisons, there was no such deliberate kind of social dynamic that the women, even though, of course, they a lot of them had committed heinous crimes, there was this sense, he said, of, of collaboration among them, of wanting to you know, share the primary roles across the whole population and to want to take on you know, roles of both being regal and servants and to spread that across the community. And I thought that was really telling of kind of the different ways that we may, in a gender way, see our social fabric as one of needing the kind of personal sense of autonomy and at the same time a sense of belonging and that that's what creates community. So I've been really feeling like it's really important to bring the community of inner parts of one's personality to the table and kind of give them all room to be heard, to be understood or at least psychically held and to have a way to host the factions of oneself with a sense of overriding wholeness like a parental figure would, a healthy parental figure. And so this kind of practice in psychodynamic teachings is called voice dialoguing. And it's something that um, that one can do in their yin poses, kind of see what, what the child in us is needing or what the the overwhelmed parent is needing or the the diligent student, you know, the different ways we have you could call them masks or you could call them areas of responsibility in our life and to really make them part of our overall conscious life. I think mindfulness meditation is one of the best ways to invite these different ways of feeling inside and not feel compelled to unconsciously act out from them. As with mindfulness meditation, you invite the different parts of of your mind states to be welcomed uh, in a non-judgmental way and at the same time allowed to move through us without compulsive behavior pulling us out of our practice. And that impulse control, that ability to watch what arises, you know, the maybe the the angry grandmother figure in us or the pedantic paternal father in us who usually leads us into places where we feel disconnected from our you know, our true sense of uh inner home. When we give these regions of our personality, room to be heard consciously, they don't operate so blindly and so scarily in the dark, in the background. They don't infect our behavior. And so I think with the daily practice, these these regions of our nature have room to 
be included. And that, I would say, is one of the necessities of maybe uh, an empowered female practitioner, knowing the different parts of herself and learning to welcome them all and train up the wholesome ones and see through the patterns of dysfunction in the unwholesome ones. Yes, it's powerful. (laughs) I do know that for this to grow in us as a skillful personal practice, we need a lot of support. We need teachers and mentors and and circumstances like you're creating for women to really join and collaborate and hear that they're not alone in their feelings of, let's say, loneliness or feeling somehow like they're, they're wrong for feeling exhausted or impatient. You know, this way of healing through gathering, I think, is one of the the models for more people to become connected and healthy. You know, the one-on-one therapy is only for those who can afford it. So we need, I think, to grow as community leaders to create models like, you know, the yoga class or the the online forum like this. Because I think people get so gripped by, you know, their inner critic and then their their sense of alienation that um, even though we may be quite functional in the job setting, the energy body and the inner terrain, you know, how it feels to be ourselves won't really be smooth and wholesome and free unless we really um, recognize that these patterns of disconnection are part of the human predicament. They're not our fault. And healing is in learning to actually bring compassion to all the ways that we feel, you know, scared or that we're a loser. It's easy to think we're the only ones, and that's the first step to healing, recognizing that we're in this together and we literally are kind of suffering and awakening together. So I love that you've created this, Sarah. It's really wonderful. Wow, can you feel that? Sarah really effuses spaciousness, depth, insight. All of her years of self-inquiry and personal growth really shine through, even on a phone call. And what's really exciting to me is that this kind of rich presence is available to all of us. In fact, it's our birthright, it's our potential, but not unless we cultivate it. I'm sure you've noticed how much easier it is to stay centered during an argument with your beloved or your child after you've gone to a yoga class or taken some time for yourself in the morning. But all the things that we're juggling on any given day, errands, emails, deadlines, sick kiddos, it's certainly not easy to stay on top of those practices that really ground us. I know, most of the time we feel a lot more scattered than we do wise. And that's one of the reasons why I created the She School. I feel just how much my daily practice has enriched all areas of my life over the past two decades. It's brought more love and consciousness into my relationship with my fiance Keith. It's brought more vitality to my body. 
It's even brought healing to my finances, my friendships, and my career. And I wanted to create a space where I could share everything I know to help other women cultivate the same. So in the She School, I help you put into place the right kinds and the right amount, daily rituals, so that you can show up fully in your life as the woman you most want to be. And one of the core daily practices I teach there is actually one that I learned from Sarah Powers back when I first met her, and it's called Yin Yoga. It's a very, very rejuvenative practice. In fact, it's one I partake in almost every day, and it's a real boon for women in particular. So for the next 15 minutes, I'll lead you through a yin yoga sequence. It's great for the start or end of the day, or any time, in fact, that you're feeling frazzled. It helps you get grounded, and it opens up the parts of your body that often get jammed up and congested during the day, like your hips, your shoulders, and your power center in your belly. So you can do this little sequence on a yoga mat or even on a towel or the carpet. And if you need a visual along with my verbal instructions, there's a link in the show notes for a blog post on my website where I share some photos of me and the poses to help guide you. All right, let's dive in. Let's take our knees wide apart. Our big toes touching for a wide-kneed child's pose. You might want to lay out a blanket if your knees come off your mat onto the wood floor. And as always, if hips don't come to heels, you can put a cushion or some blankets there. If it's sensitive for the tops of your feet, and the tops of your ankles, you can also roll up a blanket and put that under there. And when you're ready, you can come forward. Stretching your arms forward taking your forehead down to the mat or to some real blankets. We want our heads to be supported. If it's hard to breathe with your head face down, you can turn your head to one side. Imagine a golden thread from the crown of your head and it descends down through the center of your brain, center of your palate, center of your throat, center of your chest and diaphragm into your belly center. And let your awareness then travel down this golden thread from its seat being in your head to its seat coming down into your belly center. Seat of bodily intelligence, intuitive knowing, your gut instinct.
as women, we have access to our power when we live from this power center, below the navel, above the pubic bone. We're connected with ourselves when we connect to this belly womb center. This is the ancient part of us. So from this belly center, feel out into your limbs, into your tissues, and get a felt sense of how your body is this afternoon. Not thinking about it or assessing it, but feeling from your core. What is happening in my body right now? Tuning in, like a mother attunes to her child, we make contact, we feel it, and then we give it space to be here. Which might be different than original motives that brought us to the yoga path, which is maybe to control something about our bodies or about our lives. But as we move along the path, we discover a different way of relating to ourselves. It's a lot freer and more allowing for this body intelligence. To express itself and, and teach us. You let this body be what it wants to be. It's, it knows how to regulate itself. It knows how to be the, the right weight. It knows how to eat the right amount, get the right amount of sleep. Do the right amount of movement. It starts to show us. From here now, you can walk your hands back in towards your knees, place them under your shoulders, and bring your knees together to a closed knee child's pose, and either stretch your arms overhead 
or in more of an embryo shape with your palms face up next to your hips. Feel the breath in the back of your waist, your kidney band, the intercostal muscles between your ribs. Those muscles never get a rest. We're always breathing. Even in our sleep, we're breathing. Good, and we're gonna take a little twist here now. Why me child's pose twist? So take your knees wide apart again to the degree that feels available to you, okay, for you. And we're going to bring our right shoulder down towards the floor. And if it's hard for it to come to the floor, to the mat, it can come up on a blanket or blankets. And you can just rest the left palm on the mat forward of that arm. Stage one. Stage two, if you want to go a little bit deeper, is to reach that arm back behind you and either take hold of the waistband of your pants or the top of your opposite thigh, or just rest the palm on your lower back. And with your breath, slowly roll open this left shoulder. Breathing into the left lung, the left breast. Your heart on the left side. Left lung is a little bit smaller than the right to make room for the heart. We're feeling an opening through the biggest joints of the body, the hips and the shoulders. You can keep some fluidity in these joints. It's going to help the flow of energy just throughout our whole bodies. Notice where your attention is living along this golden thread from your crown down to your root. And if it's traveled up into your head or even out of your body to some other place in time, which can happen quite easily, bring it back into this belly region. Good. 
And now let's place this left hand down on the mat, if it was behind you, and press into that to come up on both hands under your shoulders. And we'll take it to the other side. So now the left shoulder comes down to the floor, the left ear. either the right hand is on the floor in front of that left arm or it's wrapping up and back behind you. As we've gotten a little bit more complicated bringing the arms and the shoulders into this than our original child's pose. Feel the pose from the inside, from your belly. Of course, if this is just too challenging for your shoulders right now, if you're working with something in your shoulders, you can come back to the regular child's pose. Slowly unwind your arm, place your hands down. Come up to sit on your heels and stretch out your feet and ankles, maybe a downward dog or just stretching one foot behind you to bring energy into the back of that knee, the other leg. soaking up these talks and practices, these are exactly the kinds of things I'm teaching throughout the She School, my nine-month spiritual practice community for women. Imagine what you could do if you put this kind of pampering and spiritual practice on autopilot in 2016. If you had monthly half-day yoga and meditation retreats, daily self-care rituals, and my fiercely loving mentorship to help you keep what matters most on your front burner. Plus, in this She School, you'll have access to over two dozen inspiring guest teacher interviews, like the one here with Sarah Powers, not to mention a supportive community to celebrate and encourage you every step of the way, all at an affordable monthly price. 
So this is my root program, the only thing I'm teaching in 2016, where I take each woman's hand through her own heroine's journey. So whether you're new here or you've been part of our sisterhood for years, the She School helps you to integrate and live it all in your daily life right away. And registration is open now, but not for that much longer. And you can learn more at thesheschool.com. Thank you for carving out this time for yourself. And until next time, I'm sending you my heartfelt support.